We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we get to break down the March Luncheon with Gabe George. I'm here as always with Matt Schrader to kind of take a look at some of the the themes that he talked about and see how we can further apply those to our lives. I always enjoy this part because it, it really gives me an opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into the overall message. And I, I know I've said this before, every time we do this, I feel like I get a little bit more out of each message, a little bit more practical application. Uh, and then ultimately uh, a little bit more of like questions that that I kind of ask myself or or things that I want to dig into a little bit deeper. So that's why Matt's here. That's that's why we do these is is to hopefully take the message that we that we got beginning of March and use it to practically apply it. I think I think that can be the difference really for for guys in this brotherhood is to recognize that when we have a speaker, it's nice to get breakfast. I don't know how much information you can absorb at 6:45 in the morning. But to recognize that, and this is something that I've kind of thought a lot about is like when you have that that message or you have that person that spent a lot of time to prepare and put something like that together, what do you do with it next? Like, is it just like, oh, okay, like that was, he made some good points and then I move on with my life and I, and I just kind of continue on? Or is it something where it's like these themes, these, you know, three points, these, whatever it is like how much do you really allow those things to sink in and so for me the 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 podcast is a great opportunity to do that hopefully you guys are are benefiting from that uh, as listeners but uh matt welcome to the podcast say hello to everybody and let's jump into this yes hello it's good of course to be back each month this is an incredible conversation always and that's because if nobody else it's us two getting a whole lot more out of the message, what God said through any speaker at the Brotherhood, and everything you said is completely right. Right, it reminds me of a story by Pastor Willie George about cows and chewing the cud. I don't know if you've heard this one. You've been around for a while, so you probably have. But cows, the way they eat is they chew it, swallow it, throw it back up, chew it, swallow it, throw it back up. Kind of a gross process, but the idea is they just get every bit of nutrition and nourishment out of that grass. And that's how they become these big old thousand pound animals. Well, we do the same thing and have the opportunity to do the same thing. The listener has an opportunity to do the same thing when they listen to that podcast over and over and over. And we get that opportunity to kind of put legs to that emotional motivation. You know, everybody, when you leave the breakfast, if you listen to the message, you're going to come out emotionally charged to see change in your life, to do something different, respond in a different way, start a new habit, start a new practice. But unfortunately, emotional motivation only lasts for a little while. If you don't have some concrete steps and some concrete action to kind of hit that thing ground running, then it's going to end up dissipating. So hopefully, we're able to expound on that a bit and give some ideas and you know some perspective, if nothing else, on how to actually put that to play in your life. I'm still hung up on your cow analogy, if I'm being honest. Uh I wish that there was a better animal that we could point to, like sharks. Like sharks are awesome. Uh, if sharks were like chewing on stuff, uh, man, I could get on board with that. But the whole cow chewing on its own cut thing, I get the point. But 
Yeah, unfortunately, that's the only only animal I can think of that does something like that. You know, we could get sharks. So sharks, a lot of them grab their prey. You know. Okay, here we go. And All then right. like those teeth sink in. I was watching Shark Week was a few month or two ago, and I was watching Shark Week, and uh, one shark has got razor blade knives for teeth on top, uh-huh. and then See? these like these hooks, uh-huh. these hooks for teeth on bottom. So they grip their prey, and then they just shake it until all the flesh and everything's all in the water. And that's kind of what we're doing here. We're shaking that message until uh-huh. all the little pieces come out and all the little options and ideas. And the person listening to it, hopefully, they're shaking it along with us, and they're getting their options and ideas. That's those little pieces of flesh. Coming out of that, you know, it could be a fish, it could be a well, it could be a human being, like a leg out at like uh, Pismo Beach or something. So, yeah, we're mm-hmm. sharks. We're going to come after this like full-grown sharks and shake this message until it's got nothing left. How about oh, that? I love it. I love it. That, that's so much better. Like, you know, I'm, I'm getting my my backwards teeth, mm-hmm, getting my hook-shaped mm-hmm, teeth mm-hmm. going, getting my tearing yeah. teeth going. We're going yeah. to tear into this. I See, this, that's, that's so much better. I think... I think uh, we've we've taken and we're 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 building on the shoulders of giants. So we've just taken Pastor George's analogy to the next yeah, level. I, that's I what I'm doing. Now I'm using sharks instead of cows. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, I'm 100 on board with that. All right, so let's jump into a little bit about what uh, what what Gabe said. So I, I think this is. I know Gabe spoke before, and I, I I can't think of like how long ago it was. I want to say it was a couple of years ago. Um, but I think from a, uh, again, a message standpoint, this is a very timely message for me. This is something that I feel like, especially in the phase of life that I'm in, I have probably connected more with, with what he was talking about than probably a lot of things that he's talked about in the past. I, I think that no matter what phase of your life you're in, so I, so I, so I'm in the, the middle age old man phase, I guess that's the, the phase that I'm in. You, you've been there. And uh, I think been the, there. Uh, the oh, I heard that. Is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm as young as you are. I, I don't think we're even that different. You, you got a year on me. You got a year oh, on me. So yeah, that's you know, I'm just I'm lagging that's behind. I'm lagging behind. See, you're the pioneer that that uh, Johnny was talking about, <laughs> and I'm just like I'm just following following the path that you've already oh. blazed. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, but no, when I think so, like when I think about like my my early my early twenties or maybe my teenage years, like there was pressure, but the pressure was different. The pressure was to get good, good grades in school maybe, or, or the pressure was like, uh, you know, relationships or, or the pressure was, you know, you know, maybe it was social stuff. It was, it was the kind of friends that you have to me, obviously in that moment, the pressure felt pretty big. Like it felt like it was a pretty major thing. Now I'm just like, Hey, if, if they don't like me, like I'm totally cool with that. Like I can, I can live my life and, and not have to worry about, you know, if I'm cool or not cool. But I think that's, you know, some of that comes with age. When I, when I got into my mid twenties or into my twenties and thirties, it, it was, it was about, you know, again, relationships, like, you know, getting married, the pressure is like, you know, find, find a spouse, get married. Uh, and then the pressure becomes kids. And, and then obviously occupation starts to come in there. I, I think, occupation starts to come in maybe a little bit towards your your late teens and in your early 20s obviously education that that's a big pressure thing too but maybe it's just because i'm, I'm past those phases that i'm they don't feel as like the pressures as much uh as what gabe was talking about later on when he was talking about how the, there's such a pressure the storm comes through and there's a collapse like the temporary collapses that he was talking about 
I don't know that I I ever hit those like huge pressure collapses. I definitely had pressure, and I definitely had situations that felt really big in that moment. But now, not to say that, <clears throat> not to undermine those pressures, but with work and with you know you're starting to, you're starting to think about your know, kids now. Now I'm having to fund kids uh, going to school and, and and college, and you know I feel like now there's pressure to keep my marriage strong. Like I, I don't know that people always think about that until you start to see relationships start to erode over time. So there's that pressure. You also have pressure of legacy. You have pressure of definitely financial pressure, with which is what I think Gabe hit on a ton. And then I think purpose pressure is maybe woven through a lot of what all those years, but it feels even stronger because you don't have the luxury of time anymore. Not to say that that I'm going to die soon, but just to say that like when you're young, you feel invincible. You feel like you have the most amount of time to do anything. So you don't. It doesn't bother you to waste time. But now you have to be more intentional with your time. You don't have the same amount of energy as you did before. So you want to be more intentional with where you're putting your time, where you're putting your resources. And so I think what happens is as you become more selective with all those things, I feel like the pressure becomes more focused. Instead of being a broad pressure, it becomes a focused pressure. And that's where I think I am right now. And uh, for, for a timeliness of the message point, this is where for me, like when I'm talking to a lot of people is where I think you start to realize that you can't rely on yourself for everything. Um, I think that when we're in situations where we're able to either work really hard or persevere or push through or, or find our own level of endurance, there's usually enough in there in our youth to get through a lot of that stuff. Not all things, but most things. And now I think I, I, I'm specifically in the phase of life where it's just like, I don't, I don't know that I can handle like the, either the numbers get bigger, the responsibilities get big, bigger, the, the amount of people is larger, whether it be the team that I manage or the, the people in my family, like it's not just me anymore. And so I have so many things that I'm, if you will, just juggling to try to do my best and, and do everything that I can. And I, I, when he was talking like that, the pressure that he was describing, I was like, Oh, I don't even need the story. I, I'm already, I'm already tuned in. I know exactly what you're talking about. Now the story was great story. Uh, really did a great job of kind of encapsulating the, the building of pressure. And uh, obviously if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to the, the podcast before this, because he does a really good job explaining kind of the building of pressure uh, in that you know early phase of his life. But I think that when we're in situations where you were seeing that pressure building and we're, we're, we're used to being the being able to rely on ourselves to get there uh, and then that collapse happens, I think that's when that's when you start to go, you know what? <laughs> I've, been, I've been potentially doing this wrong the whole time. I should I should have been building my faith in smaller steps with God instead of putting myself there. And when when Gabe was talking about the you know building your house on on the sand versus the rock analogy, uh, I think that's where it really started hitting home is recognizing that all those little tiny pieces are just little bits of me trying to hold that foundation together. And what happens is the storm reveals what your true foundation is, and that's where I realized okay, I have to be so much more intentional with how I'm building my foundation, even in the small things, 
so that when that storm comes, there's not that collapse that, that I can trust. And, and then he, he goes really, really deep into to the meat of it kind of towards the end. But I just, I just want to get your thoughts on the beginning part of that. Cause for me, as soon as he started going, I was like, all right, this is, this is something I'm, I'm really going to learn a lot from and I'm really excited to hear what he had to say. Yeah. I think you mentioned two things that hit me and that I'd, you know, like to expound from my perspective on the first is he said a great word and you described it by saying little pieces here, little pieces there. As he said, it's accumulated, accumulative pressure and it's pressure that accumulates over time. It doesn't just hit you. You know, I have times where the pressure just mounts, you know, there's when the sun comes out, when you're a window cleaning company, the phone starts ringing and the pressure starts hitting because you realize, okay, people there's no more excuses of it's too cold, it's too wet, it's too, like you hear those. So you kind of January, February, March, you feel like, oh, there's just less pressure. As soon as April hits, sun comes out, it's bright, you know it's fixing to get warm. For about nine months, it's going to be on go. People want to get things clean. They're going to have events. All these things start happening in my world. So the phone literally, it's like night and day. <laughs> it's like one day. Nobody calls and you're just doing your thing to get people and do your typical channels, all that marketing and all that. And then the next day, it's like you have all that. And then everybody else, like all the people that want it done, start calling. So then you're meet, trying to meet all these needs. So there's the time where there's like this significant transition where pressure hits. And you're that's how I lived most of my life, recognizing pressure is, OK, here it comes. Football season when I was coaching, uh, teaching, starting up, you know, finals, lots of grading all these different things that pressure would hit. But then as you are living your life, you mentioned a new kind of pressure that I deal with that, are, that I've recognized. And that is this accumulative pressure. The fact that now I have four kids, two in school, my wife is at home. Like those things have just slowly mounted and mounted and mounted and mounted. You know, I, I remember, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I turned around and I spent a hundred dollars for a family outing <laughs> and I just remember, Oh my gosh, how did I like, how did I just do that? Like, how did that happen in my life? And now, you know, if you want to go out to eat, like get ready, like, and you got four kids and your wife wants to eat too. And you want a meal. I mean, that's, you're going to spend a hundred dollars. So that it's like those zeros just kept building and building and more zeros and more zeros. And now your house payment's bigger and your car payment's bigger. And all these things are just more. And you're like, how do we even get here? And that's that accumulative pressure. It's just pressure I hold every single day. And I mean, you can call it stress. That's what it is. It's stress. But that pressure, I'm learning. This that second thing I heard you mention is you're right. It's little pieces of me. That pressures little pieces of me because when my foundation is built on God, I enter a rest. That means trust is there. And it's not that I don't have to think about it or don't have to make phone calls or don't have to send invoices or don't have to do all these different things I have to do. I don't have to, you know, romance my wife. I don't have relationships. It's the God now offloads that pressure onto him because I can finally rest. I can relax because my, my trust is in God handling things rather than myself. But those little pieces of me, I'm trying to remove those right now. I'm trying to recognize them, remove them because I'm watching people around me. It's no longer I'm looking out at the preacher on TV or, oh man, so-and-so's dad or so-and-so, 
you know, cheated here or did this here or got in trouble with the law here or taxes here. Like now I'm looking at people like side by side with me, like people I know for years, like, Oh, I didn't know that was going on. Like nobody, nobody knew that. And all of a sudden now you're in trouble. Like you're realizing like, I better start, not that I'm doing anything illegal, but I better start removing pieces. Cause I assume that's how you get there doing something stupid is your trust is so built on yourself. You got to figure out a way out. So I've got to start removing pieces of my foundation that are built on me and putting God in there. And it's this slow surgical process so that I don't have this huge crash. I don't have this big deal in my relationships, my marriage, my kids. Like I've done the things I need to do so that my, that pressure and that house, that proverbial house is not built on sand anymore. Cause Jesus tells this story like you got, you're completely built on sand or completely built on the rock. And in my life, I got like these different substances and surfaces. I've got some built on the rock, some built on sand, some built on the rock, some built on the sand. So when the waves come and the rain hits and the winds blow, part of my house is crumbling. The other part's standing strong. <laughs> like that's what my, my reality of that parable looks like. So then I'm rushing over and be like, oh my, I didn't realize this was built on me. I didn't realize my entire financial future was built on me. I didn't realize my entire purpose and the accomplishment of that was built on my capacity and my ability. I better change that. That's that's that pressure for me. Yeah, and tying to what I think is John Schumer said, if we kind of take that analogy into this, what if 98% of your house is, is built on God and 2% is not? In that in that same pressure equation, the house still had the stop, house still falls. Now it's, it doesn't it doesn't fall right away, but I think I think what God's kind of pointing to is like build your whole foundation on me, build your whole build all of it on me, as opposed to like like what's the minimum amount? Is it fifty percent? Like if fifty percent of my house is on foundation, like maybe I got maybe I got a crawl space, maybe maybe it's just the perimeter and the inside. And there's no there's nothing supporting the inside. That's, I think that's the thing that we have to kind of think about is like, we feel like we can carry it for a while. Like we feel like we can do it. And the reality is, is that even at 99% or 98% built on God, God, that's not acceptable to God. And, and in the storm analogy, I don't think it works. I, I think what happens is, is you still have that, that pressure build up and it attacks the weakest point. You know the the analogy that a, a, a train a chain's only as strong as its weakest link. That's that's essentially where it, what's happening here, is that's where the erosion starts to happen, and you see these houses that can be built on a cliff, but there's a little bit of erosion, and the whole house washes away because there there was there was a little bit that was able to get in there, and it was able to take out the entire foundation, and that's that that's for me is like like really truly being able to release all of it. I feel like that's definitely been a theme throughout a lot of the different topics that we've talked about is that full release of trusting in God, not letting go of it in the sense that we don't care or we don't try or we're just lazy, but allowing God to be a part of it and, and trusting God through it throughout of it. I think Gabe made made this point. I wrote it down as he was, was talking towards the end, but it really hit me hard, uh, especially when he was talking about like the financial pressures or like how, how much time we spend thinking about financial pressures. He said, God cares about you, not your money. And I think that that was really an eye-opening statement for me too, is like, I want to be rich. I want to I have 
disposable income that I can kind of do whatever I want, not have to worry about how much that $100 meal is or, or not have to worry about this family is taking a vacation and I'm not able to take my, my, my family to a vacation here, like getting into the comparison game. Like I want to do that, but a lot of times I have to, I have to say no. So a lot of times I'm going to God, like, God, bless me, God, help me find channels to, to bring in new, new money, help, help my business to grow, help me to be a good leader so that I can make more money. And I think that's where, because of the pressure, that's a lot of our focus. A lot of our focus is on the financial side. And I think that, that Gabe was alluding to that. But I think the most important thing is when we're looking at being created in the image of God and, and God creating us for a purpose, that purpose is not to be wealthy. I, I mean, unless unless I'm missing something in, in the doctrine, he he wants your heart. He he doesn't want he doesn't want you to be successful. Like he can use you, and that part of his purpose for you is to be successful. But if you were to kind of put the two on the table and say, okay, God, which which do you care about more? my success and and status and all these other things or my heart i think that god would 100 percent of the time pick your heart the other kind of point that i wanted to kind of allude to in this or kind of steer towards was where he talked about worship is focus and talking about where your focus is so when you're focused on that relationship with god and you're, you're focused and going to god for those things all the time i think that that is an act of worship it's you're surrendering your surrendering yourself and surrendering the moment to God and just saying, God, I, I trust you in this. I know you're good. I know that you're going to be there for me. I know you're going to help us get through this situation. I know that you're going to take me to the edge potentially. And that's okay because that's going to build my faith. That's going to build my relationship with you. And you're preparing me for something. You're taking me in a direction. And I think that when you really step back from all of the different analogies of pressure that we've talked about and kind of the the momentum that we feel like we have and 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 the challenge of can we keep going can we keep doing this i think one of the things that i've really had to deal with just over this entire time period is do i believe that god can only get me here and then he stops or is 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 god faithful to complete what he has started and I think that we have to get to the point where we recognize that no matter what success or what level or what uh, age you're at, that God doesn't just stop being God and stop being faithful to you when you turn whatever age that is, whenever you turn whatever age that is. God is God is faithful all the way through to completion. And I think that what we need to do as followers of Christ and in our relationship with God, with Christ is to get to the point where no matter where the journey goes, no matter what the pressure is, whether it's a small amount of pressure when we're young or a large amount of pressure when we're old, is that instead of finding ways to cope with it, instead of finding ways to relieve that pressure, we're in a situation where we're constantly giving that to God. So the pressure itself never builds. and it, it, it's, it's just flowing through you to God. In a perfect world, that's, that, that sounds like way too easy. But I think what we get hung up on most is, is holding on to it. Like for me, the last couple of years, especially through COVID, was, is just, again, going back to the Lord's Prayer. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just, just constantly reminding myself of that. It's not what I want. 
I just, God, let me be a steward. Show me, guide me, lead me. Let me take those steps. And I know that you'll, you'll work it through. You're not going to lead me to a place to have me, you know, completely be destroyed by it. You're going to lead me to a place either to help me grow or to help me succeed. And, and that's when you look again, back at the character of God, look at what throughout all of the different analogies, all the different stories of the Bible. And, and for the most part, we're, probably the character that's screwing up he, show how he's faithful in all of those different things. And I guess that doesn't work for everything. Cause you know, Pharaoh, uh, he kind of threw him into the red sea. So maybe not all people, <laughs> maybe not all people, but I think in, in some of the really good analogies, uh, I think he did have grace with Pharaoh, but I, I think that when, when we're in those situations, again, let, letting God be the center of what we're doing, trusting him through that, being willing to surrender all those things to him. He's going to lead us to, he's going to lead us to a place that we can't fathom. We can't imagine because my plan, what I would want to do, I'm, I'm probably more conservative than, than, than I am, uh, you know, bold in terms of going out and trying to accomplish big things. I'm going to, I need to trust God way more because if if it's me doing it i'm going to look back and probably have regrets because i didn't go big enough i didn't go far enough i didn't push myself hard enough i didn't take big enough risks and with god it's yeah it's a risk but i'm i'm following his will when i'm in alignment with that yeah there's going to there's going to be pressure around and i'm going to look around and say this there's a lot going on here but you know what god i trust you and when we get to the other side of it i can point back to god and say because of you i was able to do this because of you we were able to accomplish this because of you we were able to i was able to do x y and z it's not i did it it's because of god and i think that's a lot of what gabe was pointing towards in a lot of the different topics and and bullet points that he was he was presenting because i would say there's a lot of this that every single week, every single month, this is a message that we need to remind ourselves of. In a brotherhood, in as as men, as leaders, we we are going to be surrounded by pressure. Uh, the, the Bible says, in this world, you will have trouble. And I've had quite a bit of trouble. Um, and some of it I've probably caused. But knowing that God is going to be faithful to walk us through that, and again, pointing back to no matter what the outcome, God can use that too. I think that takes some of the pressure off because God, if I get all the way to this point and I fail, can I trust God to lead me through that as well? Absolutely. I mean, we all we all want to hit the the game winning shot all the time, but sometimes, you know, when we're going back to God cares about you, not your money. God cares about you, not your success. There are going to be times where we're going to have we're some of the best lessons that we're going to learn is not when we succeed. It's going to be when we fail. And, you know, again, going back to Peter, do you think that Peter learned from his lesson, learned from his mistakes in, in terms of going with God? Uh, Whit brought it up in, in this week's message. He talked about like Peter is sitting there going, you know, or Jesus is saying to him that, you know, God revealed this to you. Like, you know, you had a direct download with, with God. And then a couple chapters later, he's saying, get behind me, Satan. Later on in the Bible, he's he's saying, you know, God, I'll 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 follow you, I'll I'll do all these things, and then he ultimately denies Christ three times. So he's all over the map, but I think he learned all the way through because when Christ was re- resurrected, he he gave Peter the opportunity multiple times to redeem himself, and he did. 
And I think that that's the, again, going back to the character of God, God, God can allow, or God can work through your mistakes. He can work through your failures. He can work through your successes too. But I think we learn most through our failures and we learn most by being in situations that we really do need God. When the situations get bigger than us, which they are right now, everything's bigger than us right now. We can still trust God in that because we know that he's faithful. When we can get to that point where we truly humble ourselves and not, not get to the point where we try to rely on ourselves for everything and just go to God with it. That's, that's the posture that God wants. I don't like using that word because I feel like we've overused it, but that's the posture that he wants. He, he wants us to be relying on him. He wants to be involved in our daily lives. He wants to be involved in the things that we're doing because that's the kind of God he is. He's a relational God and he wants, he wants to see us walk in our purpose. He wants to see us successful. And sometimes the only way for us to do that is to set aside our pride, be humble and just say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you through this. I'm going to walk through this with you. I don't have to be the person that makes this happen. I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk through this the way that you say to walk through this. And I, for some reason, that's really difficult for us to do, but for for the brotherhood and specifically for the, the speakers that we've had over the last couple of uh, months, I think this is, again, a very timely, relevant message to, to what we're going through right now. The other thing is, I mean, we have, we have brotherhood coming up here this Friday. We have brotherhood with Pastor Witt and Blaine. And I think, uh, I think we're probably going to go a little bit deeper into some of, some of the things that you were alluding to and what you were talking about. So make sure I'm going to try to get this podcast out in time so that people can listen to it before our Friday breakfast. But as always, no matter when you're listening to this first Friday of every month, make sure that you tune in to obviously the podcast, but get your tickets. If you're here in Tulsa, get your tickets. And we'd love to see you at Brotherhood at, uh, at the main campus. And then there's also Brotherhoods at uh, some of the other campuses too. So I don't have those. I know one's on Saturday. I think Broken Arrow's on Saturday. Um, and I don't know when West is, but just know that there are many opportunities for you to get out there uh, to have relationships and, and, and build relationships and have time in community with, uh, with Brotherhood. And we would love to, to have you there and make sure that you, you join us. So with that, brothers, remember, honor all people, love the Brotherhood, fear God and honor the King. We'll catch you on the next podcast.